0: Heavenly Father, I thank you for your presence here today. I thank you that as we share this message that you'll anoint my lips to say what it is that the Spirit of God once said. And that you'll anoint the people's ears to hear just what it is the Spirit of God is saying. Whether it be in this auditorium here today or over the internet, that people would hear what it is the Spirit of God is is saying to them concerning this subject of when God hates church. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. We just read that where two or three are gathered together in Jesus' name, He is there, and so He's bound by His word to attend the service. He's bound by His word to attend the service. Now, you know, you parents, have you ever got your children up in the morning to come to church and they've ever said, I I don't want to go to church? Has has that ever happened to anybody? How many of you yourself, you ever got up in the morning and said, Sunday morning, (laughs) I, I don't want to go to church? Anybody ever do that? Anybody ever do that besides me? On Sunday morning, you think pastors always want to get up and go to church? <laughs> Makes me think of that child that didn't want to go to church, and uh, she came with her with her parents, and she's sitting there, and she didn't want to be there, you know. And the pastor was preaching on and on, and she was squirming, and she finally pulled on her mother's Skirt, you know, and said, Mom, if we just go ahead and give him the money now, will he let us go? (laughs) Well, she didn't want to be there. And you see, we think that God always wants to come to church service, but you need to realize that there are many times that God does not want to come. To church. Oh he's bound by his word to come. But he, he doesn't want to be here. Or wherever it may be. Because there are times when God hates church. And I'm not just talking about this one. I'm talking about maybe this one. I'm talking about churches in the land. That he doesn't want to come. Just like that little girl that didn't want to come. A lot of times God doesn't want to come. Now you think that that the Lord always enjoys church services. Well all you have to do is think about those two times where Jesus went to the temple. Uh, Did he enjoy those services? No he didn't. Does anybody remember what he made? He made a whip didn't he? Didn't he make a whip? How many many of you remember he made a whip didn't he? And, And he ran some people out didn't he? He said, "He said, my father's house shall be called a house of prayer, but you've made it a den of thieves. And he ran some folk out. Uh, he ran some things out. It's not that he didn't love the people. He just didn't like what they was doing. And so Jesus didn't like certain church services. There are times where God hates church. And if you'll go to Isaiah, the first chapter in the 13th verse reading from the message Bible, I realize most of you don't have that translation. It'll be on the on the screen. Uh, Matthew, the first uh, I'm sorry, Isaiah, the first chapter in the 13th verse in the message Bible. This is God speaking here. Isaiah one verse 13 message Bible. He says, quit your worship charades. Now, you know what a charade is? It, 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 it's, it's a put-on. Quit your worship put-ons. Now, he didn't say quit having worship services. He said quit having worship services that are that are what? That are, that are what? Put-ons. I wonder if anybody's ever just had a charade in worship and they just put on some stuff to try to maybe, you know, make the person next to you or in back of you or whatever think that you're spiritual and you're going through the motions with raising your hands or singing or whatever and 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 you're honoring the lord with your lips but your heart is far from him uh that would be a charade it would be a put on he said quit your worship charades i can't stand your trivial religious games Monthly conferences, weekly Sabbaths, special meetings, 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 meetings. I can't stand one more. This is God talking. I wonder if anybody's ever said, I just can't stand one more of those church services. Well, if it's not in line with the Bible, then you're in good company. God can't stand them either. Look at verse 14. Meetings for this. Meetings for that. I. What? I what? I what? Hate the, Didn't say he hated the people. He just hated what was going on when God hates church. And then he says, You've what? You've worn me out. he's bound by his word to be here. But when we're just, it's a charade and we're just going, putting on and going through the motions. and, And that goes on week after week after week after week, month after month, year after year. At last, what did God say? It what? It wears me. It wears me what? He said, it wears me out. I'm sick of your religion, religion, religion. And then we get to something. We get to the root of why he's upset. I'm sick of your religion, religion, religion. While you go right on sinning. What we do here on Sunday mornings is absolutely worthless. If we don't live right during the week. And I've noticed this since I've been a little kid. That people will live like rank little rank heathens during the week and they'll come to church on sunday morning and you know they'll they'll dance and they'll they'll praise the lord and all that but then they'll go right back out and go right back the rest of the day on sunday being a heathen you know what i mean by heathen how many knows what i mean by a heathen god does not like that When you put on, now look at this, when you put on your next prayer performance, you know there are some people that will pray. They like to pray publicly to try to impress others that they know how to pray, but they, their heart is far from the Lord. He says, when you put on your next prayer performance, I'll be looking what? The other way. Isn't there a scripture... I believe it's in the book of Psalms, where the psalmist said, if I regard sin in my heart, God will not hear me. He said, when you put on your next prayer performance, I'll be looking the other way. No matter how long or loud or often you pray, I'll not be what? Listening. Wow. And do you know why? So he's going to tell us. He says, do you know why I'll be looking the other way? Because you've been tearing people to pieces And your hands are bloody Because you've been tearing people what? To pieces I have watched this as a pastor and, and, And around the minister, around the church For years and years and years Long before I was ever pastor of this church I saw this in other churches I saw it not just in the church that I uh, studied and learned in but I saw it as I traveled to different churches and I've been uh, uh, Talked with pastors and uh, you know multitudes of pastors and things over the many years And i've seen it in in this church over the years Is that people will come to church and they'll they'll Raise their voice to the lord. They'll sing along with the music. They'll raise their hands They'll they'll they'll, they'll go through all of those motions But then they go right out, sometimes before they even get into the car in the parking lot, and they're already tearing other people to pieces. Did you hear me? They haven't even gotten off the parking lot yet And they're and they're talking how they didn't like the message that day How they didn't like the singing that day How they didn't like this that day Or they didn't like that that day Or how this was, wasn't was right Or the building wasn't the right temperature Or, or this was wrong or that was wrong or, or, or they'll just tear one another to pieces with their words Or they'll get on emails Or they'll go on the internet And, 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 and they'll just tear, you know Social media They get on the phone They'll just tear one another to pieces I I have seen some of the you would look at them and you would think that they are the most religious, the most pious, the most sweet, the most kind, the most wonderful, the most in love with the Lord, beautiful smiles on their faces and and just so pleasant and so beautiful and you look at it and and you and you think that it's just the most wonderful thing but you get to find out some things behind the scenes about these quote-unquote church people and they are like ravenous sinister ravenous wolves and they'll get together at the coffee house or wherever it may be and they will tear other people to pieces they will lash them with their words but yet they'll come to church and you'll see that charade of this perfection but you see him behind the scenes. I'm talking about when God hates church. Why is he going to look the other way? Why does he hate church? Because you've been tearing people to pieces. Well, I've never hit anybody. No, no, no. You've hit them with your words. Did you hear me? Real loud say words. Say it again. Words. words. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Nothing could be any further from the truth. You can tear people to pieces with your words, and that's why God is saying, I hate I hate church. When I got people that come and they'll You know, we bring the sacrifice of praise into the house of the Lord. And then you go right out and you go to the restaurant afterward and you're tearing not only the pastor but everybody else to pieces when God hates church. Notice what he says in verse 16. He says, go home and what? Go home and what? Go home and what? Go home and what? Wash up. Clean up your act. Sweep your lives clean of your evil doings so I don't have to look at them any longer. Say no to what? Say no to wrong. Learn to do good. Work for justice. Help the down and out. Stand up for the homeless. Go to bat for the defenseless. Come, sit down. Let's argue this out. This This is God's message. If your sins are bloody red, they'll be snow white. If they're red like crimson, they'll be like wool. What is he saying here? He's saying, hey, repent. Stop that. If you're doing that, stop that. Why? So that God can love church and not hate it. Amen? Now you say, well, pastor, that's just one isolated incident, you know, uh, uh, just in Isaiah there. Go to Amos, the fifth chapter, if you would. Turn to Amos. And I'm going to be reading this out of the Message Bible as well. Uh, I usually use the New King James, but the Message Bible just brings these things out, I think, very clearly for us. More clearly, perhaps. Amos, the fifth chapter. Did you find that? Verse 21. Verse 21. Amos, I realize we don't turn to Amos very often, but but he was a prophet of God, a man of God. And uh, I think he was a farmer that God called uh, to be a prophet. He's minding his own business. God called him to speak to the, the people. And notice here in, in, in Amos 5 verse 21, because you might think, well, that was one isolated incident over there, you know. One isolated incident over there in, uh, in Isaiah. But let's take a look at this. Amos 5.21 I can't stand your religious meetings. I can't stand your religious meetings. I'm fed up with your conferences and conventions. I want nothing to do with your religious projects. Your pretentious slogans and goals. I'm sick of your fundraising schemes. Now, here he's not talking about, like right now we're doing a little fundraising thing that our youth is putting on. There's nothing wrong with that. Say amen. amen. What he's talking about, and, and I don't know if, if any of you watch much Christian television. The Lord's directed me to watch less and less of it over the years. But if you watch any of it, sometimes during those telethons, those Bible-thons, those praise-a-thons, They'll have people get up there and, and take the word of God and promise you every kind of thing you can imagine and everything you shouldn't imagine. And it's not in line with the word of God. They'll have big name ministers get up there and try to bilk people out of their money. And it's just a fundraising scheme, plain and simple. And, and I know I, I've sat there sometimes and said, I just hate that. I hate what they're doing. I'm in good company. God hates it too. That's what he's talking about here. When a minister gets up and takes an hour and a half to get money out of people. I'm sick of your fundraising schemes. God hates that stuff. How many of you know he he, he, he instituted the tithe and the offering. Is that right? And God's for tithing and giving offerings. Say amen. Yeah, he is. But fundraising schemes. Your public relations and image making. I've had all I can take of your noisy ego music. Wow. How many of you know the worship is here to please God, not you? The music is not supposed to be about, you know, the music should be good and all of that. But, but, but. It's not there primarily for you. It's there for who? For God. Now God can move through that music and minister to you and break bondages in your life. Thank God for that. I believe in that. But when you come to church, you see, the music is not there for your entertainment. You have to understand that. When you go to church, it should not be an entertainment service. God hates that kind of thing. Do you see that here? He said, I've had all I can take of your noisy ego music. And then he said, when was the last time you sang to me? That's what he's interested in. You singing to him. And then he says, do you know what I want? He's asking us a question. Do you know what I want? He says, I want justice, oceans of it. I want fairness, rivers of it. That's what I want. That's all I want. See, God wants us to live right during the week. And then when we come to church and the worship is all about him, not about entertainment, then he'll enjoy the church service. But unless we have that, or any church has that, God's going to hate it. You see, here in Amos, he insisted that religion and morality are inseparable and that worship apart from holiness is an abomination. Notice, if you would, Romans 12, verse 1 in the NIV. Romans 12, verse 1 in the NIV. It'll be on the screen if you don't have it. Romans 12:1 in the NIV says, Therefore I urge you, therefore I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, this is your what? Spiritual act of worship. It's not just what you do here on Sunday mornings, it's what you do and I do during the week. That really counts and that what makes what we do on Sunday morning really effective. It's interesting, you remember we just read from the book of Amos, it's interesting that what God told the people through Amos, he said, hey, I don't like your church services. There's no record that the people ever listened to anything that God, to anything God had to say through Amos, there's no record that the people ever changed. I don't want to be a people like that, do you? That here and here and here and will never take anything to heart and change. You say, well, Pastor, that's just Amos and Isaiah. Well, let's go to Malachi, last book in the Old Testament. And let's see how God felt about what was going on there. Malachi 1, this again is in the Message Bible. I have a lot of scriptures from the Message Bible today. Malachi 1, verse 6. Isn't it true that a son honors his father and a worker his master? So if I'm your father, where's the honor? This is God talking. If I'm your master, where's the respect? God God of hosts or God of the angel armies is how the, uh, uh, the message Bible translates God's name there. God of the angel armies. Well, he is God of the angel armies, isn't he? God, God of the angel armies is calling you onto the carpet. Will God ever call somebody on the carpet? Yeah. He says, you priests despise me. Now, you say, well, pastor, you might go, I'm off the hook there. He's not calling me on the carpet. He's calling you on the carpet. You're the pastor. You're, the, you're the, the minister. Did you know that the Bible says when we get born again, we're considered what? Kings and priests. So he's talking to all of us here. Now there is a certain role that the pastor plays I understand that but he we can we can all listen to this you priests despise me you say not so how do we despise you by your shoddy sloppy defiling worship wow that's that's pretty that's pretty blunt isn't it You ask, what do you mean defiling? What's defiling about it, they said back to God. And he says this, when you say the altar of God is not important anymore, worship of God is no longer a priority, that's defiling. Now, you know, I I just feel impressed to say this right now. Years ago when we started the church, and and, uh, even when we first moved into this building back many, many years ago, we had a group of people that they in fact told us, they, they, they didn't come during the praise and the worship, the, the music part of the service. They came, they, they would come in just as I was starting my message. And so we, 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 we asked them one time about it. Or I, or, 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 I just couldn't, you know, curiosity. Has anybody ever been curious besides me? So I asked I said, "Well, you know, I was very nice privately, I just said, "Why is that?" I said, well, because that 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 singing part is not important we we just want the word. Well, you need to listen and understand something. The whole service is the worship service. Do you understand that? Do you understand that and 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 the time that we sing to the lord we we need to we need to reverence that time, you know. And and that's just as important as teaching the Word. Did you hear me? I said it's just as important as teaching the Word. When we receive tithes and offerings, that's part of the worship service. That's not just a time for us to get your money. You understand that? What I'm doing now is is part of the service. And, and the altar call It's all part of the service. It's all important. Can, can you say amen on that? Verse 7 again. When you say the altar of God is not important anymore. Worship of God is no longer a priority. That's defiling. Look at verse 8. And when you offer worthless animals for sacrifices and worship. Animals that you're trying to get rid of. Blind and sick and crippled animals. Isn't that defiling? Try a trick like that with your banker or your senator. How far do you think you'll get? that will get you? God is saying. He's asking. Did you know that. We're talking about when God hates church. Did you know that back in this day, the people, they would bring, you know, animals and things. And do you see what they were doing? They would bring the diseased ones. They'd bring the goat that had the eye put out. They'd They'd bring the lamb that was lame. Do you hear me? They'd bring the animals that they didn't want anymore, that, that, that was not useful to them anymore. They would bring those to the to the temple and offer those to God, and, and, and you wonder why God would hate church. I believe David said, "I'll not give God anything that did not cost me something." We're talking about when God hates church. He talks about the banker. I mean, if your payment was due at the bank for your mortgage, what would happen if you just gathered up some old stale cookies and took them down to the banker and said, here, I'm going to give you this. What do you think he'd do? Huh? Do you think he'd accept them in in place of your mortgage payment? We'd have better sense than to do that. We know that the banker wouldn't accept that. Is that correct? Is that right? God's saying just try that with the banker sometime and see what happens. Yet people do that with God all the time. They give God their leftovers and their junk. And then we wonder why God hates church sometimes. How would you feel if if you had a, a child, and you gave that child just the most wonderful life, and then when it was your birthday, that child brought over to your house, to your party, an old piece of stale cake? How would you feel about that? You wouldn't like that very much, would you? After all, you gave them a good life. You gave them life to start with. They, they're born because of you. And, and you give, gave them a good upbringing, and now they're bringing an old piece of stale cake. Yet, you see, that's what happens so oft times. God gives us life. He gives us the new birth. He gives us oxygen. How many of you know that's useful? Isn't it oxygen? Huh? He charged for that, does he? And, and he gives us all these good and wonderful things. And then it all belongs to him. And then he asks for 10% of it back. How many of you know he doesn't even expect as much back as we give a waitress when we go to to lunch? Is that right? What's the standard tip these days? 15%? Is that right? But but he just expects 10% of it back. And, uh, and a lot of folks won't even do that. But you see, this isn't just something we'll, we deal with in the here and the now. This is something that has gone on for years and years and years actually it started with Cain and Abel didn't it Abel brought the first and the best and Cain didn't did he and God's uh God didn't accept Cain's offering and you see it goes on all that was in the book of Genesis here we're in Malachi and and let's read this again here what it, what what it, what it says here in verse 8, you offer worthless animals for sacrifices and worship, animals that you're trying to get rid of, blind and sick and crippled animals. Just think about, you know, Sunday morning comes or whatever, you know, Saturday or whatever it was here with the, with the Jews and it's time, uh, you know, and, and God's, you know. Do you, would you look forward to going and getting, getting a sick animal? You know what I'm talking about? And we, we wonder why God would hate church. They're not going to give him the, the best. They're going to give him the old You know, one that's sick and maimed. And he says, isn't that defiling? Try a trick like that with your banker or senator. How far do you think you'll get? Verse 9, get on your knees. Isn't it good that God doesn't just end with the, 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 the negative stuff? He always gives us an opportunity to repent, doesn't he? Get on your knees and pray that I'll be gracious to you. You priests have gotten everyone in trouble with this kind of conduct. Do you think I'll pay attention to you? God asks, verse ten, "Why doesn't one of you just shut the?" Talk about God hating church. Look at this. Why doesn't one of you just shut the temple doors and lock them? What's God telling us there? If that's the way you're going to do things, why don't you just padlock the door and shut the thing down? God disliked it so much, he's saying, "Why, if, if this is the way it's going to be, just shut the door and lock it." then none of you can get in and play at what? Play at religion with this silly, empty-headed worship. Oh, my goodness. Silly, empty-headed worship. Have you ever offered silly, empty-headed worship to God? I I have over the years. I'm ashamed to admit it. Isn't it good we can repent? God says, I'm not pleased. And I don't want any more of this so-called worship. Wow. Wow. You might say, well, am I preaching this at you because you need to hear it? I'm just preaching what God wants me to preach. If you need to hear it, then aren't you glad I'm preaching it? And if, you don't, if you're not doing any of this stuff, you still need to hear it because it will keep you from, from slipping into it. Did you hear what I just said? How many of you heard what I just said? Sometimes I'll teach something like this, and somebody I think, "Well, he's just he's just chewing us out. Why is he doing that? What, what have we done?" No, 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 no. I, look, if you're not doing this, praise God. I'm teaching this so you don't slip into it. Amen. If you are doing it, then you need to hear it so that you get out of it. Amen. Verse 11. I am honored all over the world, and there are people who know how to worship me all over the world who honor me by bringing their best to me. Wow. They're saying it everywhere. God is greater. This God of the angel armies. Look at verse 12. All except you. Boy, I don't want God to ever say everybody's doing a good job except you. Instead of honoring me, you profane me. You profane me when you say worship is not important. And, and, and what we bring to the worship is of no account. How many of you know it is of account? We don't, we don't bring animals in this day in which we live. You know, we, we, the best thing you could bring to this church is having lived right all week. Did you hear me? The greatest offering you could bring to this church is that you lived right all week. You didn't gossip. You didn't bear. You didn't backbite. You didn't tear people up. You were honest. You were faithful. You did right. You helped people. That's the best thing you can bring to this church on Sunday. Did you hear me? How many heard that? Did you notice I didn't say your tithe and offering is the best thing you can bring? Did you hear what I just said? Living right, being a good example all week long is the best thing you can bring to this church on Sunday morning. And then after you've done that, you can come having prayed and sought God and come in. And, and you know, somebody said one time, well, the worship team, you know, I wish I wish they were better. Well, let me tell you something. We, we need, you know, we need to give. They're great. Say they're great. Somebody said well I wish they were back." well you know what what do they have to lead did you hear what it just said if we stand out there let's all raise our hands now come on, folks. That's not pleasing. That that's not good for them. Amen. I said, Amen. And, and he's not pleased with it, is it? See, the Lord got on me. A couple took me. Took me a long time. He got on me and got on me. See, for the longest time. I I would come into the worship service. See, back when we started the church years ago, I, I I would come out after the service started and I'd stand up on the platform up at the school and the Lord directed me. He said, don't do that anymore. You're drawing attention to yourself. Don't stand up there. Stand down with the people. So I did that. And then in recent days, I'd always stand out at the front door and I'd greet people as they came in. And that was good and fine because I like to be touchable. But, but I wouldn't sometimes get out into the service until after it had started. And I'm telling everybody else to be here on time. And yet I'm standing out there. I'm not doing what I'm supposed to do. So the Lord corrected me, chewed me out. And, and, uh, and, and, and now, if you'll notice, I'm out here ready to go when they start. Isn't it good that you have a pastor that will let the Lord chew him out and he'll, he'll change? And now you'll find me right out here, when that starts at 10, this is where I'm supposed to be, because I've tried to live right all week, seek God, and then when the worship, when the service starts, I'm standing here ready to go. Can you say amen? How many of you want God to bless you? Well, then obey Him. Amen? Let's be ready to go. Did you hear me? And let's give them something to lead. I said, let's give them something to lead. Now, I'm not saying you have to run around the room and dance and jump and do somersaults, but my goodness, we could all, including me, we could all smile, couldn't we? I know you think I need braces, but I didn't get them when I was a kid. You still like my dimple, though, don't you? But we can all smile, can't we? And we can raise our hands to the Lord. I don't want to raise my hands to the Lord. The Bible said lift up those hands that hang down, is that right? He was lifted up on a cross for you. The least you could do is lift your hands up to him. Is that right? Amen? You do what you want to, but I'm just saying you want to please God, don't you? And our worship team is great. They're wonderful. They're here. I'm glad they're here. They're not here as entertainers. They're here to worship God. But they're not here for you. They're here for God. Amen? Did you hear me? And, 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 and they do a great job leading us. But let's give them something to lead. And it starts with me and it goes to you. Can you say amen? amen. Let, let's, let's, let's have some life about us. Amen. Did you hear me? Is that okay? I mean, I'm not saying you have to run around the room. But, but I mean, is smiling going to break anybody's face? Come on now. Are you getting anything out of this? Look at verse 13. And when you say I'm bored. Ooh, ooh. Now then he's going to back up everything I just said here. Verse 13. And when you say I'm what? I'm bored. This doesn't do anything for me. God's talking there. How do people look when they're bored? Now is that the way we're supposed to be in worship? And when you say, I'm bored, this doesn't do anything for me. And then he says, you act so superior, sticking your noses in the air. (laughs) Act superior to me, God saying. And when you do offer something to to me, it's a hand-me-down. Here we go with that again. Are broken or useless. Do you think I'm going to accept it? This is God speaking to you. Well, we need to, we need to listen, don't we? A curse on the person who makes a big show of doing something great for me, an expensive sacrifice, say, and then at the last minute brings in something puny and worthless. Wow. So you see why God doesn't like church services sometimes. Is that right? Go to James, the second chapter, just a few more of these, and then I'll, I'll close. This will sober a person up, won't it? Now, some of you may not be doing any of this wrong. You're doing everything great. Well, good. Why am I preaching it to you then so you don't fall back into it? What if you're doing some of this stuff? You need to R E P. E N T Is that right? There might be somebody listening on the the internet that needs to hear it Look at James 2.24 This is something else that happens in services sometimes For if there should come into your assembly Your church service A man with gold rings Fine apparel And there should come in A poor man in filthy clothes And you pay attention to the one Wearing the fine clothes And say to him You sit here in a good place And say to the poor man You sit there Or or sit at my footstool Have you not shown partiality And God doesn't like that does he? Now we don't have that problem around here I I won't allow that Uh, But that you'd be surprised how often that happens in churches. And the people that give a lot to the church, they get special parking spots. And they get special seating. And, you know, and, and how many of you know God doesn't like that? Much we could say about that. Let's go to Revelation, the second chapter. I had a guy one time back years ago when we were moving from the school into this building. And he came to me and evidently he put a lot of money in the the church. And he came to me and he said, can you see to it that I have a good seat when we get into the building? And I said, yeah. I said, we've got a couple of good seats in the restroom back there. I'll see to it you get a good one. You ought to be glad you got a pastor like that. Did Did you hear me? I said, did you hear me? I said, did you hear me? You want a pastor that can't be bought. Amen? And I don't didn't see him much after that. Well, with that kind of attitude, I don't want that kind of attitude around here. Amen? This is very sobering today, isn't it? I had something else I was going to preach. The Lord wanted me to preach this. So he runs things around here, so we flow with him. We'll just close in Revelation, the second chapter. There were seven churches there. There were some things going on there he didn't like. We're just going to hit the highlights. Revelation 2, 4. To this church here, he says, they had a lot of good works going on in this church. But guess what? He said, I have this against you. You've left your what? So can you, and this church, they they were full of good works. A lot of good stuff going on. But you know what? Who has to be first no matter what? God, Jesus, the Holy Ghost. Is that right? And you can get so busy working for God that you cannot be as close to God as you need to be. And then in Revelation, the second chapter, verse 14, this church here, he says, I have a few things against you. See, he always commends for the good first, and then he points out some of the things he wants corrected. And he's talking to these churches. We're talking about when God hates church. He said, I have a few things against you because you have there those who hold to the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to put a stumbling block before the children of Israel, to eat things, sacrificed to idols, and commit sexual immorality. Well, the main thing that, 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 that the Lord was getting at here, the doctrine of Balaam, is that Balaam... Some say he was a prophet some say he was a false prophet but without getting into that argument the one thing that he did that that God didn't like is he was greedy and he taught the enemy how to defeat God's people by getting God's people to enter into sin and this Balaam did it for profit. God does not like it when ministers do things for profit. There's nothing wrong with a minister being blessed, but the emphasis shouldn't be on the money. The emphasis should be on helping people. It blesses me that one time when, remember, Naaman was going to, because he got healed from leprosy under Elisha's ministry, and he was going to give Elisha a big offering, and Elisha said, no, now's not the time for that. How many remembers that? How many likes a preacher like that? Not interested in the money. I learned this as a preacher. If you'll be interested in people and love people, the money will take care of itself. But God didn't like it here when this uh, things were being done for the money. And then He says, "Notice this: eat things sacrificed to idols and commit sexual immorality." Another thing I want to point out here, real loud, say I'm listening. One thing that that the Lord Jesus hated that was going on in these churches in some of these these churches is that these churches were becoming more and more like the world of their day. How many of you know we ought to be different than the world. How many of you know when you walk into the church I have said it before God keeps having me say this when you walk into the church you should know you've walked into a holy place. Is that right? When you walk into a church, you should not have to stop and think, did I just walk into the house of God or did I just walk into a nightclub? Did you hear me? And, and in so many churches in the land, now I'm telling you, that you, you go in them and you, you, you can't tell, am I in a church or am I in, or am I in a nightclub? And, and so many of them, I'm, not all of them, so many of them, are using sex to draw people. Real loud say that's wrong. that's wrong. That's wrong. How many of you know sex is good and wonderful and holy and God instituted. It's for a man, a woman, as husband and wife. Is that right? But we shouldn't use sex to draw people. There's one church I know of. They, they had a, a they, they, they uh, advertised a program that they had to try to get people to come and they titled it Porn and Pancakes. It was a breakfast and that's what they titled it. It's a big church right here in St. Louis. And they were having a, 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 men's, a men's breakfast on, on Saturday morning and they titled it Porn and Pancakes. Am I telling the truth? We're talking about when God hates church here today Now God knows I'm not perfect You look around this church You'll see things that aren't right because I'm here And and, and you're here, is that right? None of us are perfect But how many of you know we shouldn't be using Sex to draw people Nobody's going to say amen on that? We shouldn't be dressing worship people You know up The women up in, 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 in seductive clothes to try to get men to come to the service. Is that right? That was, You say, well, that's new to this day. No, it was going on back there then. What, back in, in 2,000 years ago, what does it say? To eat things, sacrificed to idols, and to commit sexual immorality. I could go on and on. Verse 15, thus you also have those who hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. Which thing, the New King James, King James says it this way. I'm in the New King James now. Look at verse f- 15. He said, you hold to the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which thing I what? Which thing I, I what? I hate. We're talking about when God hates church. So I said, what is the doctrine of the Nicolaitans? Well, that word Nicolaitans it means victory over laity. It was a click. Real loud say click. God hates clicks. You know what a clique is? A little group that gets together, and it's like Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. You know, they had their little clique, and they wouldn't let Rudolph join in any of the reindeer games. Is that right? God would have been on Rudolph's side on that one. God hates cliques. One reason I've had some folks leave this church over the years is because there's not not a cliquish atmosphere here. Everybody's treated equal. Say amen. Amen. And this was a click. What we're talking about when God hates church. It was, in this case, it was the educated over the uneducated. I don't care what your education is or isn't, I'm going to love you the same. It also has to do with church leaders ruling with a hand of iron. How many of you know a church leader, a pastor, ought to lead you lovingly, but I shouldn't drive you? See, when you got a, when you got a, 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 a dictator in the pulpit, God, when we're talking about when God hates church, see, He doesn't like that. And again, this doctrine of the Nicolaitans, it was mixing the secular with the sacred. And and, and that's what's going on in this land. We're talking about when God hates church. Look at right here, Revelation 2. Look at verse 20. I'm almost done, but let me finish this up here. Revelation 2 and 20. He said, nevertheless, I have a few things against you because you allow that woman. He's talking to the pastor here. He's saying you're allowing things to go on in your church that should not ought to be going on. You see if I allowed a big-name minister to come in here and try to and try to raise money and whatnot if I allowed that uh, Then I'm as guilty as that minister doing it say amen because I'm responsible for what I allow come at you over this pulpit you see And so if I allow that God would hate that kind of thing Nevertheless, I have a few things against you. You allow that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophet to teach and seduce My servants to commit what? Do you you see they're using sex back there then too? Is sex a holy thing? Is God against it? No, he's not. But it's for a man and a woman as a what? As a husband and wife. And to eat things sacrificed to idols. Wow. Look at chapter 3, verse 1. He says, I know your works. You have a name that you are alive. But you are what? Dead. Real loud say hypocrite. Have a name that you're alive. You have a name that you're sweet. You have a name that you're holy. You have a name that you're, you know, you do good. You have a name, but but when you get right, but you have a name. You come and you raise your hands and you, you have a name that you do all those things. But really behind the scenes, you're tearing people to pieces and talking bad about people. And you're lying, cheating, stealing, and acting like a heathen, hypocrite. We're talking about when God hates church. And finally in Revelation 3 verse 16. And God found, Jesus found a lot of good things in these churches. We're just pointing out the negatives this morning. Because we're talking about when God hates church. We're talking about this so that God won't hate this church, but that he'll love this church. Talking about what goes on at the church. So then, because you are what? You are, you're what? You're lukewarm and neither cold or hot. I will vomit you out of my mouth. Wow. That's pretty strong. If you're going to vomit something out of your mouth, that means you, you, you hate it. You don't like it. Is that right? Lukewarm. Neither hot nor cold. Neither hot nor cold. Won't take a stand on anything. Remember, if you won't take a stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Is that right? Neither hot nor cold. Neither hot nor cold. I'll tell you something else God hates is a minister that won't stand up in a pulpit. And if there's sinners there, he won't call them to repentance. Did you hear me? He won't call them to repentance. Did you hear what I just said? If somebody lived their life as a complete, total heathen, They live their life as a complete heathen. And they die. And you're at the funeral service. I don't think a minister needs to get in the pulpit and say, well, we know that person went to hell and they're burning there now. Say amen. Amen. We don't need to rub that into the family. Amen. Amen. But I think a preacher does a disservice when they stand in a pulpit and you know that the person, you know, you know they, never, they never served God one day in their life. I don't think you stand there and you say, God is welcoming this person home now with open arms and is saying, well done, good and faithful servant. How many of you know that's not Right. And how many of you know, you don't have to be ignorant and and whatnot, but, but you don't need to let the people that are there in that congregation think that that person that lived their life as a heathen has been welcomed into glory with open arms. Did you get what I just said? We as ministers have an obligation to call people, when, when, when there are when sinners present, we have an obligation to call those sinners to repentance and tell them there is a heaven above, there is a hell beneath, and that in order to miss hell and make heaven, they need to repent and come to the Lord Jesus and not, not, just, get, not, just, not just make Him Savior, but make Him Savior real out say, and Lord. And sell out to him and get born again. We have a responsibility as ministers to do that to people that are sinners. Can you say amen? And then I have a responsibility as a pastor to not just deal that way with sinners. Show them the love of God. Call them to to the love of God and call them to repentance. Yes, 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 yes. But tell them there is a heaven, there is a hell. God loves you and he wants you to repent. I have a responsibility to do that. And also I have a responsibility that, that if I have a church and there's people there that aren't living right, I have a responsibility to call those people in love. Call them to repentance. Can you say amen? And if I don't, then God hates church. And then lastly, verse 17, because you say I'm rich, I have become wealthy, I have need of nothing. You don't know that you're miserable, poor, blind, wretched, and naked. There's nothing wrong with having things, but there's wrong when things have us. Amen. In this last church that we mentioned... Jesus is bound by his word, as we said at the beginning, to where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst. He's bound by his word to come. But this church in Laodicea, this last church that is mentioned, when God hates church, he hated what was going on, that lukewarmness and that attitude of I don't need anything, I've got got everything, I'm rich and I'm abundant. He's bound, Jesus is bound by his word to be there. But he disliked what was going on in this last church so bad, lukewarm, lackadaisical, not hot, not cold. He disliked it so bad that if you read it, he was on the outside of the church looking in. Say, I hate that so bad when God hates church. I hate going to that church so bad I'm bound by my word to show up. But I hate going there so bad that I'm just going to stand outside the door while they have their service. I don't ever want that to be this church, do you? And he was knocking. he wanted back in because with all these churches, he said when there was something wrong, he said, repent. You know something else, and, and the, Lord just, the Lord just wanted me to say this when I was standing on the front row, he, and so I wrote it down. He wanted me to say this. Do you know when, when the Lord shows up at a church service, a lot of times he, he sees people at that church that, that he's, he, he's, 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 well, what are you doing here? Do you know what I mean by that? How many of you know you don't pick your pastor and you don't pick your church? You let God do that. And you go where he tells you to go. Is that right? And if he told you to come here, then you need to be here. Is that right? If he told you to go somewhere else, you go there. Now listen to what I'm saying. It, nothing wrong with visiting. That's fine. But, but you need to be wherever it is God told you to be. If he told you to be here, then be here. If he told you to be up the street, then be up the street. If he told you to be across town, then you be across town. You don't pick your pastor. You don't pick your church. You let God do that. Say Amen. But when Jesus shows up at a church, I'm not talking about a visiting instance, but I'm talking week in, week out, week in, week out. Week. How many of you know Jesus has to come to these services week in, week out, just like I do, just like you do. And, and when, when he comes, he wants to like it. Is that right? And how many times I wonder, has he showed up at a service week in, week out, week in? And he says, what are you doing here? I didn't tell you to come here. I told you to go over there. What are you doing here? I told you to go over there. You need to go where God tells you. Is that Right. And if it's here, then be here. Amen? If it's up the street, be up the street. Can you say amen? You know, a lot of people, you know, I've said this for years. Don't you pick your church. Let God pick your church. You know, there's a lot of people, they don't even pick their own church. You know who picks it for them? Their friend. Their best friend. I'm going to go where my best friend goes. My God, you better not go where your best friend goes unless God told you to go there. You bet. Well, well, I go there because my family goes there. You better not go there just because your family goes there. You better go there because God told you to go there because you'll only get the fullness from God that you're supposed to get. If you're in the place, God wants you to be. Did you hear me? And so if he told you to be here, my God be here. Say amen. And if he didn't tell you to be here, then don't be here. Be where he told you to be. Because when he shows up, he wants to see people there that he is told to come. And he wants to be pleased with the place. Can you say amen? Amen. Did you get anything out of this today? How many of you know you could get healed of cancer while I'm preaching on this? Because it's the word of God and the word of God rides, uh, the anointing rides on the word of God. It doesn't matter what subject I'm teaching on. the the, The word's anointed. Amen? So this is a very sobering message today. Let's stand in the presence of God. I don't need the altar workers to come forward today. I just need everyone standing in the presence of God. Somebody said, Pastor, what is God's main message to the sinner? Repent. Pastor, what is God's main message to the church? Repent. That is God's main message as you study Scripture. To the sinner, it's repent and believe on Christ Jesus. And to the church member, his main message, yes, there's much blessing and in, in blessing and blessing. I believe in that. But really, the, the one thing you hear God telling the church, perhaps more than anything else, is repent. So if you're here today and you've heard this message, and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior... I'm asking you to repent. I'm calling you to it. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, before you leave here today, I'm going to ask you to walk this aisle, come to the front. There'll be some men and women up here right after I dismiss. And if you've never made that decision for Jesus, you need to do it today. Time is short. Not much time left. The Lord's coming back. So get on up here and say, hey, I want to I know Jesus. And there'll be some men and women up here, they'll introduce you to him. He's a real person. And they'll introduce you to him. And he'll be so glad you came. And you'll miss hell, you'll make heaven, and he'll make your life worth living. If you're here today and you're already saved, you're, you're, you're already saved. And you've heard this message and you can rejoice that, hey, I'm doing all these things. I'm not backbiting. I'm not doing that. I'm, not, you know, I'm doing all these things. That I should be doing Then you take this as a word That is preached to keep you in place From falling back The Bible talks about slipping I don't want anybody to slip back So you take it as a word That's going to keep you from slipping If you're here today Or you're listening by the internet And say oh pastor Some of that stuff you said today I'm doing that Well then you repent I'm not asking you to do anything I haven't ever done. I've repented. God's got on me sometimes. Chewed me up one side, down the other. We repent. Why does He do that? Because He has our good in mind. And so if you need to repent, you repent. Have a change of heart. Have a change of mind. Maybe the Spirit of God was talking to you when I was talking about worshiping God. Maybe during worship service, maybe you need to just put a smile on your face. Maybe you you do need to raise your hands to the Lord. I don't know. That's between you and God. But whatever it might be, let God correct you. Let him step on your toes. Because when he steps on your toes, he's got your your good at, at, at heart. Now, I want to tell you this. I told you a while ago, Amos preached to the people of God. And nobody listened to him as far as we have record of. I've been doing this a long time, and over all these years of preaching and teaching, I've only had a handful of times where I've seen a church member hear something that stepped on their toes, and they really repented just a handful of times. Most time, people just keep right on doing what they're doing. They let it go in one ear and out the other. Sometimes people, people get mad and leave. be people that let it go in one ear and out the other or get mad and leave and run. Do what, do what God wants you to do. You're a good people. You're a good church. You're good. But we all need to hear this from time to time. What's the greatest thing you could bring to this church? Is living right during the week. And then come having an attitude of prayer and being on time and getting in that place and when the word, when the service is called to order, we're all ready to go including me. Amen let's have a church that God loves and that His presence comes in and sinners get saved and sick people get healed and helped discouraged people become encouraged let's let's have that kind of church Amen Father I pray for me this people here for me that utterance would always be given to me and this pulpit would stay on fire directed and guided by you and that the people would hear what it is that the Spirit of God is saying to them and they'd hear it without offense but they'd hear it and and as long as it lines up with a holy written Bible that they'd move on it and act on it and we'd walk in the blessing of God walk in the light of God the light gets brighter and brighter and brighter and we're a blessing to people before the notable and dreadful day of the Lord comes In Jesus' name. Now greet one another, love on one another, and then you're dismissed. God bless you.